Welcome to episode 79 of Woods in the Word, Getting Coffee. I'm Randall Wood. And I'm Isaac Wood. We're a father-son duo walking through the Bible together in hopes of bringing God's Word to life in your life. Pour a cup of coffee and join us. Isaac, how are we doing this morning? Good to be with you once again. Uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is, it is. We're green and red today. Yes. Morning with a nice cup of coffee here. We should get Christmas mugs, I guess, but it's too late for today. All right, we'll have those for next time. We'll be ready, absolutely. Well, it is Christmas, and Christmas is about Jesus, obviously, and we're going to spend a few weeks here before Christmas thinking about the names of Jesus. Uh, Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was born, that the Messiah would come, uh, that a child would be born to us, and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So I thought maybe we could just take those four terms and think about them over the next uh, four weeks, getting us uh, ready for Christmas. How does that sound? Sounds like a great plan to me, so let's do it. All right. So uh, so Isaiah, uh, Isaiah talks a lot about the counsel of God. Uh, if you just look up the word counsel in the ESV, you realize Isaiah mentioned that word more times than anyone else in all the Bible. Uh, it was a focus of his. Now, sometimes he's talking about our man-made counsel of trying to figure out how to get around God and how to come up with our own plan. Uh, and he talks about the disaster that is. But all, more, than, more than not, he is talking about the counsel of God. And one place where that's mentioned is Isaiah 46, verses 8 through 11, where Isaiah is allowing, uh, well, God is speaking through Isaiah. And so God says, remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, the man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed and I will do it. God is uh, legitimizing in their minds his counsel and the importance of listening to him because he is God and there is no other. So maybe he's the counselor we should listen to. Absolutely. And I think before we get too far into um, this name of Jesus, we're going to spend a lot of time, as you just kind of teed up, talking about counsel and, and that word counselor and what it means for Jesus to be a wonderful counselor. I don't want us to forget that first word, the wonderful. Mm. Uh, you know, as we go through this, um, as we go through this study, looking at the the names of Jesus that Isaiah specifically calls out here, um, that those adjectives is that an adjective? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Those adjectives are so important and they're purposeful. Um, that yes. as we think about the counsel that Jesus brings to us, to not forget that it's wonderful. Um, that it that it is full of wonder that, that we should be in awe of the counsel that he has for us. Um, so I wanted to kind of call that out as we got started here. But then that brings us to that that next word, that word counselor, right? Um, one who gives counsel. 
is my definition of counselor. I didn't That's look up what Webster's is, but it sounds pretty good. Close. One who gives counsel. Um, as you just read there in Isaiah, God talking that his is the ultimate counsel. But what what is counsel? Right. Well, what, when we're right. looking for a counselor, what is it that we're looking for? And, and in my mind, you know, I think back to to school counselors or guidance counselors or uh, someone that sits on a council today. They're they're providing direction. Right. You're looking for someone to help you determine the direction that you should go, the steps that you should take to get to where you want to go. Um, and so. Jesus uh, fulfilling God's counsel, being the one that provides this counsel that God tells us about in Isaiah uh, 46, that counsel is direction for us. It's steps that we should take to get to where he wants us to go. His counsel helps us accomplish his purpose in our lives. Um, and the, the fact that it is wonderful. Um, not only applies to the, it's wonderfully accurate and wonderfully pure counsel, but the, that that purpose that he has us going to is wonderful as well. Um, and so as we, as we go through and kind of walk through, what is this counsel that Jesus brings to us? To, to always remember, why is it that you're going to a counselor? Um, and it's to receive direction for where you should go in your life. And that's very much what he provides to us. Well, absolutely. And let's think about that. So that requires us to uh, walk through the Gospels and think about the wonderful counsel that Jesus provided. Because this, this child that Isaiah mentions that would be born to us, uh, he grew up to be a man. He grew up to be a teacher. He was God in the flesh, and he had a lot to say to us. And so I thought about really five truths that he uh communicates to us that helps with purpose and mission. And uh, the first of those is that the mission is crystal clear. Uh, when Jesus spoke and when Jesus lived and worked and walked among us, it was very clear that he was a mission. He was on a mission and it was clear what the mission was. And he stated it succinctly in Luke 19 in his encounter with Zacchaeus, when he said that the son of man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so clearly he's on a rescue mission. Uh, now, this was a different kind of mission than the Jews were looking for. When, when Isaiah mentioned that they were thinking of a conquering king who would uh, take them, deliver them from oppression once again, and establish a rule and kingdom that would be uh, where they would be the favored citizens. And uh, But Jesus made it clear that he was on a different kind of a mission. He was seeking and saving that which was lost. Uh, in Mark chapter 10, he, he gives it a, another dimension when he said the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So now he's saying that the mission is all about serving and sacrifice uh, for others, to put others first. So he's seeking and saving others. He's serving and sacrificing for others. As well, well, and guess what? As he, as our counselor, um, he gives us direction, and we have the same mission. Exactly, right. That's the he, counsel he that he offers us. He, he completed that mission, that mission fully for us to then go live out the same mission. Ours is very much a mission of sacrificing ourselves to to serve others, so that he may save them. 
right? Exactly. Um, yeah. And so it's Jesus's mission flows through us. And so as you're looking for direction on, you know, where you should go and the things that you should do, this is very much this mission of Jesus. It's very much the backdrop of the counsel that he gives us, that, that he is looking for us to, to sacrifice ourselves. Paul tells us in Romans that that's the ultimate form of worship is that we lay give up our lives as living sacrifices there you go exactly for him um and so the, the that mission that yes very much um powered jesus in his mission here on on earth um that now his spirit lives through us and it's the same mission that should be the backdrop to our lives as well absolutely so we would say that is wonderful counsel to be on mission with jesus secondly uh jesus uh as he counsels us he he challenges us that the truth is convicting. Uh, and here we'll think about the Gospel of John for a moment. John chapter 8, uh, verse 31. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham. We've never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Interesting that they forgot about 430 years of slavery during the time of, of their exile in Egypt. Uh, but Jesus, nevertheless, verse 34, answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offspring of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I've seen with my father, and you do what you've heard from your father. So Jesus here is telling us about the truth that brings freedom. Um, and, and when we follow the truth, who is the Lord Jesus, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When we follow that truth, it convicts us of sin. It, it guides us on the path of righteousness, uh, and it's only possible as we follow the truth. We we live in a world today that doesn't understand truth, um, and in, in many cases tries to deny the truth even exists, but definitely looks at truth as more, um, as more you know, restricting, uh, that the, we can see truth as restricting right. as opposed to the truth, which is the truth <laughs> brings freedom. Um, but that truth, like when you when you're looking for counsel, think about looking for counsel in, in, amongst humans. You want that counsel or that person giving you direction and providing advice to you to be grounded in reality. Yes, That's and, and well, talking. you should want that. You should want that. Often we prefer to get advice uh, and counsel from folks who kind of buy into the vision of the world that we want not necessarily the reality of the way the world is. Um, and so when you're getting this pure, wonderful counsel from God through Jesus, we can rest knowing that it is firmly grounded in the ultimate truth. He knows truth. It's not warped by our interpretation of what's going on around us, that his counsel right. for us is not only based on the truth of the world and the history of the world, but it's based on who we truly are. Jesus is the wonderful counselor because he's, he knows you better than you know. You. Right. And so he's giving you direction on how he wants you to live your life to be the best you that he can make you. And it's based on who you are. It's not warped by our own 
understanding of who we are and who we think who we, we want to be. Yeah, want right. to be. And it's, it is based in truth. And that's how you want your counsel to be based in truth, to be founded on truth, the ultimate truth. Um, that then you'll be able to have a firm foundation for where it is that you're going and the counsel and advice that you receive from your wonderful counselor, Jesus. Right. And not only does the truth set us free, but as he goes on to teach them in John chapter 17, the truth is what sends us forth. He prayed in that high priestly prayer in John 17, verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in the truth. So as we embrace the truth and receive the counsel of truth from Jesus, we go out to share that truth with the world. He sends us the way he has been sent, which is sanctified and set apart in truth. So the truth convicts us. It sets us free. It also sends us forth. And then if we're going to think about the wonderful counsel of Jesus, we want to tune into his great care for people. Uh, his care for people is so compassionate. And he was such a compassionate teacher, and he was such a compassionate leader of ministry. And if we go back to Matthew's gospel, we will see the compassion of the teacher. There's no better place to see that than in the Sermon on the Mount where he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so Jesus was a compassionate teacher, giving us what we need and, and leading our lives to follow him and experience his compassionate love for us. And this is such an important point as we're thinking about the counsel of Jesus coming right after the truth one, right? Yes. Because oftentimes we drop truth bombs that are not uh, compassionate in nature. And so it's so important to have uh, this compassion or this grace that comes along with the truth. And, and Jesus perfectly executes that uh, right. in the way that he provides counsel to us. And not only is it based on the truth of who we are, the truth of the world that we're in, but there is compassion there. And we we struggle to, to marry those two things together, but Jesus does not struggle to marry his truth with his compassion, um, that he is gentle and lowly in spirit. Um, and his, his yoke is light that when we allow him to come alongside us and we live our life alongside him, there's a compassion from him to us that when he's providing counsel to us, when he's providing direction to you and to me on how he desires us to live our lives, there's compassion there that, that what he wants us to do, though it will be hard and difficult very much so it is in our best interest right that, that he asks us to do things for our good um and and we see that executed even in, in jesus's own life uh, when he was he was receiving the counsel of god in his own life mm -hmm. to go to the cross for us 
he he pleaded with God, if there's any other way, do it. Right. Do it in a different way. God's answer to Jesus was, no, this is the way. You right. have to die, but you will be raised again, and then you will get the glory of the resurrection and be seated at the, the right hand of God. The dying on the cross not only was the best thing for us, but that was the best thing for Jesus. Exactly. To die on the cross. And so there's a, there's a compassion that carries us even through the hard times of life that Jesus is, is counseling us to go through those difficult times knowing that he has good in store for us and trusting that in him. Absolutely, because he is a wonderful counselor. And not only did he teach with compassion, but he also was very practical in ministry with compassion. I love the end of Matthew chapter 9, as once again, Jesus is going out through all the cities and villages, it says in verse 35, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. So he was doing that teaching, but also with great compassion, it says he was healing every disease and every affliction. And then when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So he recognized our great need. He saw our condition and he cared deeply about it so that he did something about it. He healed, he taught, um, but he was out among people. You can't show compassion in a room by yourself somewhere. You've got to be out among people. And Jesus models compassionate ministry for us. And so we want to receive his counsel to care compassionately for the hurting people that are all around us. And then from there, we see that the call is compelling. Uh, his counsel to us is a call to serve him, to follow him, and to care for others. And in this passage in Matthew 9, uh, the call that he has for us here, when he sees how hopeless and helpless people are, and that they need compassionate care, he calls his disciples to pray. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. You'd think the next words out of his mouth would be, so get to work, because we don't have enough <laughs> But the prayer, but instead he says, therefore, pray, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We don't want anyone out there who's not been sent by the Lord. They don't know why they're there. But you pray and pray that the Lord would send out more laborers into his harvest. And don't be surprised if you happen to be the answer to that prayer. But step yeah. one is to pray. Uh, and then step two, and, and just you turn the page in your Bible, you get to Matthew chapter 11, and this is where Jesus says, come to him. The call that he issues to us as a wonderful counsel is you first come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So he wants to care for our souls he wants us to come to him and, and get healthy and whole ourselves so that he can then send us out. So he calls us to pray, and then he calls us to come to him. And then he says, okay, now you're ready. Go for me. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations, uh, baptizing them and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. So his, his call is compelling. It's first a call to pray, a first a call to come to him, and then a call to go for him to the nations that's why well, i love that word compelling because that's an action word 
Um, yes. And Jesus's wonderful counsel to us is compelling, and you want your counsel to be compelling because if you're if you're getting counseled in a non-compelling way, then you're not going to follow that counsel. Right? Why? Well, why should I? Yeah. You want your direction to compel you to action because that's what drives the change that is needed in your life. And so as Jesus is coming alongside us and providing us with his wonderful counsel, you laid it out perfectly there. It's it's a call to come to him and then a call to go for him. All of that is accomplished through prayer where we interact and, and be with him. Um, and so his counsel is so wonderful uh, for us, but it's also when you listen to it, mm. When you truly sit with Jesus in prayer and listen to his counsel to you, it compels you to action. If you are not compelled to action, you did not receive the counsel of God. Um, right. That was something else. And right. so it's so wonderful because it allows us to come alongside him in his work, in his mission. And we're involved in that. It's, it's absolutely mind-blowing to the God of the universe accomplishes his will on this planet through us, through you and through me. Right. Like it's wonderful that we get to come alongside him and take part of that. And that's what his, his counsel very much brings us alongside him in his mission. And that is no, no other terms. Wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and stunning. Uh, like you say that yep. there's, not, there's not a better plan than us. <laughs> well, and and then let's uh, so, so let's bring this all together because as I as I was thinking about the wonderful counsel of Jesus, the final part of that is that the reward is certain. He wants us to know that we will be with him forever in heaven, in paradise, uh, whatever you want to call it. This eternal life that he gives us is an absolute certainty. He said in John chapter 11 with Martha at the tomb of her brother Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Let me read it here so I don't misquote it. Uh, it's in John 11, 24 and 25. 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And so he wants her to have a certainty about understanding the life and resurrection power that he has. Uh, he hasn't died yet. He hasn't risen yet, but it's coming. And he is that life that we can possess. Uh, and uh, just a few chapters later in chapter 14, as he's getting ready to go to the cross, he tells uh, his disciples that he's preparing a place in heaven for them. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. One day we will breathe our last here on earth, but as his followers, he wants us to know that he's getting heaven ready for us. And when that moment is right for us to breathe our last, he will come and get us and receive us to himself. And, and so what a wonderful reality that he wants us to know that our reward uh, for listening to his counsel is a certain home in heaven. That's pretty exciting. Well, it's just so um, encouraging to know that the one providing you counsel 
is not just thinking about today. Yeah. Not a, that is not just trapped in the moment. And so often us as humans, we live life that way because we don't know the future. We don't know what's tomorrow yes. brings. Um, and so we can only provide counsel in today, for today. Um, but his counsel has eternity in mind. Mm. Uh, his counsel has our growth, our development, our purpose in eternity in mind. And so when, when Jesus speaks to you, when Jesus is providing you direction in your life, when you come alongside him, he is providing you counsel that has eternity in mind. And I'm going to say it again, that is wonderful. <laughs> that is wonderful. The most perfect and pure kind of counsel is the one that takes all of time into account, your entire life into account, and encourages you to develop and to come alongside him for all of eternity. We talk about uh, eternal life often in the Christian church. Eternal life, for those of us that have accepted Christ, has started already. It started now. The life that we live today is a part of our eternal life with Christ. We don't have to wait until we die and go to heaven to start eternal life. It's, it's here today. You have access to him today through your life. And he is so willing to come alongside you and provide you that counsel on how to make it through today, but not just to make it through today, but to make not it to through today for tomorrow and then tomorrow after that. And so um, I love the way you put this together where the, the, you know, the counsel of Jesus is, is taking us to this reward that we can be confident in, that we can be confident that we will live eternally with Jesus, and that should power us to live through today with that same right. Jesus. And and until you know that with great confidence, the lack of assurance paralyzes you from truly living in the freedom and and ministry and purpose that we've described previously. And that's why uh, Jesus uh, said through John in First John five, um, he writes, "If we receive the testimony of men." The testimony of God is greater. We could even think of that as the word counsel, the counsel of men or the counsel of God. Which do you want? The testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has born concerning his son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has the life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have the life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. He wants us to know. He wants us to live in confident assurance that our reward is certain because we know that we belong to him. And we have received his wonderful counsel, and we're, we're making it our aim to follow that counsel in obedience and live it out to the fullest, which is the eternal life we have both now, and we're certain it lasts forever. So this Christmas season, as you're thinking about Jesus coming and celebrating Jesus coming to earth, remember why. This is why the, the, your ability to spend eternal life with him is why that baby showed up in the manger. And I just love that as a backdrop to the Christmas season uh, as we start here. Um, spend time thinking about it. Don't just, 
you know, read a story on Christmas morning, spend the season thinking about Jesus and why he came and what that means for you and who he is. Uh, and we'll be here along the way to kind of walk through multiple different names from this chapter in Isaiah of who Jesus is. Um, but spend time thinking about it in your own time. Consider it in your own heart, um, what his counsel for you is. Yeah, that's right. Is he your wonderful counselor? Uh, if he is, that means you're not only listening to his counsel, but you're doing, uh, you're allowing him to help you follow that counsel uh, for your ultimate good and for his glory. So God bless you as you step into this Christmas season. We're looking forward to walking with you through it, uh, and it will be great. And we won't even say it'll be wonderful. <laughs> yes, you could. All right. Yeah.